Welcome to the 50th episode of Rant on Reels. I'm Xavier Barnett. And I'm Michael Fooch. And we're on a mission to do a deep dive on today's podcast for... Okay, I'm done with that. It's going to be... We're going to do a deep podcast on uh, Little Women... And we're also going to tell you guys the top 10 movies of 2019. And don't forget, uh, in this first episode of 2020, to like and review us as much as you can. We we love the criticism and the compliments, uh, or just the neutral thoughts and your opinions. Well, you can do this on SoundCloud and on Spotify and on YouTube, and you can like and subscribe to us on Instagram. You can't subscribe on Instagram. You can't. You can subscribe on YouTube. Sorry. I mean, not that. I mean, not that we're t- telling you not to go on you on Instagram, but that's probably the least, def- least yeah. place to find us. And I don't know if you noticed, but we've uh, changed it up a little bit. Special fiftieth episode. Xavier yeah. wanted to feel like he had some authority in this, so I, I feel like to feel the little things. The little things. You life. give him the little things. <laughs> the little things. This is a major thing. This is a big deal it is, for it people is a, like me. It is a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, um, Xavier? I'm doing good. I was supposed to ask you sorry, that. Sorry, sorry. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. You know what? I feel I'm feeling good. You know, for, for it's 2020, it's always a good thing moving forward. Year of positivity. Well, 2019 was such a bad year for movies. I'm so excited for 2020. Uh, in last last week's podcast, you said you were not, so you just contradicted yourself. You're a liar. We lost our validity in this podcast. Well, no, but last thank week, you so much. Last week, I felt like that, but I feel like you know, seeing the clo- seeing the the clock strike midnight on 2019, I just it's like a weight was off your shoulders, kind of thing. All right, good good to hear. Um, thanks for asking how I felt, but uh, I felt I've had a good uh, feeling good so far as well. You know, it's time to tackle this year. It's gonna be we're into the roaring twenties. Uh. I'm going to start trying to use more uh, slang from the 20s. The bee's knees. The bee's knees. Hotsy-totsy. Hotsy-totsy. I was saying, I, I told you that yesterday. Are though. you happy with the language, though? I know. I've been re- I have to do some more research and read it more. Uh, a lot of it's uh, from Prohibition era. So. I know. If you, if you want, I do a lesson on that for the 20s. You and I know it all. So when you yeah. said hotsy I'm like, that, that's all of my, my... <laughs> Are you going to be a lounge lizard? A lounge lizard. Which one's that? Ladies man, ladies man. Wow, that's interesting. Actually, you know it's funny because it's so interesting. Um, as kids grow up and the slang they use, I always do a lesson where I try to use twenty slang, but I don't tell them I'm using twenty twenty slang. Oh, we have a little technical difficulty. For those of us who are listening, we have a little bit of technical difficulties. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Don't worry, I'll fix this right up for you in a jiffy. But while he's fixing it, uh, what? What I like to do is I don't like to tell them I'm doing it, but there's some language like, sir, you can't say that. Like I tell them that they slay me. Now, I did not realize that slay is a sexual term because in the 1920s, it means you make me laugh. Oh, that's a sexual term. When was that considered sexual? Like five years ago. Oh. Now the one that they get is I call I call some of the boys cake eaters. <laughs> you know what that means in the 1920s know talk? Uh, I don't know what it means in He's a ladies' China. man, just like just like lounge lizard. Well, this kind of technically you are a ladies' man, <laughs> maybe a ladies' pleaser. <laughs> no, it, it deals with men, isn't it? What cake isn't pie? I don't know. Let, let, let's get on to movies here. We'll go on the, let's movies. Get on the movies. What are the news, man? Well, 
in the Roaring Twenties. The the first news of the Roaring Twenties. The one the one that stood out that I that I that hit me today was about Todd Phillips. Now Todd Phillips, uh, he wants to make a Batman movie in the Joker world. Oh, interesting. I thought he just wanted to do robbery for now. I don't. I don't think he should do that. Why don't you think he should do that? Because uh, I don't know. The Joker's a hero, so. Right. I. 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 I and kept... he might be able to do it because it made a lot of money. He can get whatever he wants now. It's just as profitable as Endgame this year. Not making as much money, but. Yeah. Considering the money that it made. I think it'd be a bad idea. Yeah, well, a lot of people liked it, so. But but again, Batman or sorry, Bruce Wayne like twelve, mm-hmm. the Joker like forty. He's gonna be like in his fifties, not even like sixties. He's gonna beat the crap out of a six-year-old man. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. <laughs> he's twenty. Actually, at most, if he's yeah, if he's ten years later, if he's like twenty-three. Which is at most how he has to, and he doesn't even start at that age, and he beats the crap out of Joker. He's gonna be fifty-six. Joker's gonna be, yeah, he's gonna be definitely pushing sixty by the time he's full-on Batman, and he's not. I know. Like, so yeah, it's not gonna work. Sorry. I know. I know. You know, it's gonna be back to when Spider-Man used to beat the crap out of Vulture, this old guy in a bird suit, just punched in the face by a man with superpowers. It's not a pretty sight. No, not even a little bit. So that that's the main story. Uh, also in the news, Disney's moving up WandaVision. So instead of coming out in twenty twenty one, it's going to be coming out this year. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm super excited. I wonder why that's happening. Why do you think that's happening? I have honestly, I think it's because of the success Mandalorian had uh, to show us that that Disney can have, you know, their TV shows on up with their big properties. I think, I think it is because of the success of the Mandalorian. Because apparently, uh, a lot of people have been canceling Disney Plus after the release of the Mandalorian. As le- when it was done, why do you think that is? I don't understand that. Like, I I wouldn't cancel my Disney Plus. There's so much gold on that on on it. Uh, I don't know. I've been out of all the streaming services. I that's the one I use the least. I only. On it to watch. I've only watched The Mandalorian and Wally on Disney Plus, so I bought the year subscription, and now I'm like, I kind of wish I got the monthly subscription and just order it when Winter Soldier came out, and just you know, save the extra eight ninety nine well, that I, that I paid. But you know, everyone has a different thing. My fa- my other family members use it, so whatever. So they, my sister uses it for That's So Raven, everything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Me and Javon are watching are watching Even Stevens. I want to yeah. go through every Disney animated movie and kind of rank them all, like fifty five of them, sixty yeah. of them, with a set Pixar movie. Yeah, because some of the Disney movies that are like. Uh... Or some of them are still on like other streaming services. Like Netflix has some, uh, uh, some access to it as well. So. For now, though, but once yeah. those contracts expire, they're not yeah, getting them back. Disney Plus. It's all Disney, right? I kind of want someone more like because Disney owns so much properties, right? Like Disney Plus doesn't have to just be Disney movies. It has the X Men movies on it. Yeah, I know. As well. well, I look at it, I watch like the Home Alone movies on it this Christmas. I watch the Parent Trap, which I really yeah. like. The Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. 
I, wa- I watched a bunch Let's take of some of the Fox properties. Come on, now I think The Rock is a first, but I guess it's is it marketed more towards kids? They should have like a Fox section that you can buy. Or like I agree. Disney adults, you know. I think I think that's going to be Hulu eventually. We talked about yeah. it on this podcast. Yeah, that's going to be the. Any other news you want to talk about? No, that's about it for me. So I we didn't talk about Mandalorian last week because I was on a Star Wars hiatus from the movie. Uh, the worst movie of the year last year. Damn. I did watch the Mandalorian finale today. Oh, wow. I did. What'd you think? I was very impressed with it. And when it was over, I, I paused for like, I'd say like two minutes. Mm-hmm. And you know what I did in those two minutes? You said thank you? No. Nope. I mean, do? I could, I should have, but I didn't. What'd you do then? I just said, I thought to myself... This movie, or sorry, this miniseries, this show, mm-hmm. was so good. It was so Star Wars. Why wasn't this the springboard for the for the new trilogy in the Skywalker saga? <laughs> I just think to myself, I'm like, okay. Baby Yoda is now with Mando, and they're on a mission to find other Jedi. Well, they're going to find other Jedi. In fact, they're going to find a specific Jedi who's training all the Jedi right now. Who are they going to find? Mr. Luke. So does that mean that Baby Yoda, in the by the time the prequels come out 20 years later, or sorry, not the prequels, sorry, the sequel the, the, trilogy, the, the, this current trilogy comes out 20 years later, mm-hmm. Baby Yoda's dead? He could be dead. Because where be. is he? Who knows? Maybe he's hiding. You well, know? Everybody, well, if you don't see them get killed, everybody, every Jedi that's ever escaped has went into hiding. I just don't understand <laughs> why, it, why Luke, again, it just makes no, it just makes no sense with the new, the new trilogy. And I, this Mandal, this Mandalorian series was so good, but yet at the same time, so depressing because I know what's next. I know what Force Awakens is and it just doesn't make any sense. It's okay. Sometimes... Sometimes these things happen. Yeah. What did you think of the episode? I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the series as a whole. It was a refreshing for me, you know. Uh, not everyone loves the series as much as us, though. But who cares? I like what I like. Why aren't people? What are people saying that they don't like about it? Uh, they said this. Uh, some people don't like how it's all structured into one episode, like something, some of the continuation. You know, it's always everything's gonna have some stupid criticism that nothing's gonna please everyone. Of course. So I don't take minds. For me, I enjoyed it and I didn't look too deep into that. But you know me, I don't look as deeply into movies as some other people, even though I am a movie reviewer. Wait, who who, who looks into movies more than you? Like that's too much. I don't say too much, but no. I'd say maybe a little bit more than me. Uh, he starts with an F and ends with an ooch. Oh, fooch. I, 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 I am, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little in depth on these, but I think it's important. And I yeah. do, I, I am, as a Star Wars fan, The Mandalorian met all my expectations. That's good. Hopefully, the Kenobi movies is good. And can't wait for Winter Soldier and, and, to, uh, to, to 2020, man. 2020. All right. Year Disney Plus. Right. She put the runaways on that, too. I don't know why they don't. Put it on its own Hulu owned. I'd love to watch the Runaways. The Runaways. Yeah, it's a Disney 
uh, thing about a group of kids that uh, they're not part of the actual Marvel universe, but they travel from universe to universe to try and escape their kids and stuff. So there's chances where they can run accidentally run into the six one six universe. So it's pretty fun read for the comics and stuff like that. Nice. And some, but yeah. So I guess before we get into deep diving, we should tell them that we were supposed to, we said we were going to review Bombshell this week, but we've decided against it. Well, we didn't. Yeah, we. I wouldn't say decide against it. Uh, for uh, I'd say we decided not to do to to review it. We uh, we both we both enjoyed the movie a lot, but we felt yeah. as two guys in a movie that's about the Me Too movement, it's not not appropriate. We both enjoyed it. We mm-hmm. liked it. We'll say that we yeah. go watch it. But and it's eye opening, you know. Yeah, it's, it I is agree. It's definitely so eye opening. That's a and like I definitely say, yeah, right. To, 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 anybody. to anybody, we don't want to. Pretty much, we don't know what the hell we're talking about mm-hmm. in that situation. Yes. And yes, when you don't know what the hell you're talking about, it's you should be talking say, about it. We're yeah. not ranting about something that, that that's not for us to rant about. Yeah, that is not. Yeah, we don't want to spread misinformation as. A, for, um, further we do suggest people. you go watch the movie it's a very fair movie yeah. Doesn't, fair portrayal of not, everybody not divisive like some yeah. of the other movies that we've talked like, about in this like podcast. the worst movie of the year for me Black Christmas yes but, uh, <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, last year uh, so yeah definitely check it out whoops didn't mean to do that give it a check out and very enjoy. I enjoyed it uh, very much so okay alright so, uh, oh, I, I have to do this part too then? Oh, okay, I didn't realize. Okay, so uh, we're going to do a deep dive into Little Woman, and I'm waiting. For my opening thoughts? No. What do we... Oh, right, I, you, I'm you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Xavier has such a hard hard job. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> uh, just so you are aware at this point in the podcast, uh, there will be spoilers. I mean, even though... We've already spoiled Mandalorian for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have not seen Little Women yet, or Actually, any we didn't the... really spoiled Mandalorian, we didn't say anything to the size about the plot stuff from not really. Yoda. That's it's true. Pretty right. good. Yeah, we're not bad. We're not bad. But go go ahead. But if you Sorry haven't, it, no worries. If you haven't seen uh, Little Women yet and you want to, uh, be aware that we're going to be talking pretty in depth about, it, so there'll be spoilers. Also, we're talking about our top ten movies of 2019. So if you're if you haven't seen one of the best movies in 2019 or any movie in 2019 because who knows how we think. Yeah. Uh, be weary. Yeah. Tune on now. But come back after you see them. Yeah. Bless Sorry, you. excuse me. Uh, all right. So now we're going to deep dive into Little Women. Now, Michael, what are your opening thoughts? You know what? I really enjoyed this film. Is one of those films where my biggest criticism at the two-hour mark was this movie's not going to be long enough. <laughs> I wanted – this movie needed to be four hours. I really enjoyed all four of the sisters. I enjoyed all four of the sisters' stories. I was engaged in each one of their plots. I wanted to know more. I, I, that, that's, where I, that's where I'm left off. The acting was great. Watson and Ronan were, at the, were phenomenal. I thought uh, Puig, uh, who's had a breakout year, continues to show why she's uh, going to be a big actress in Hollywood one day. I like one the. Day. Well, she's going to do it now. Well, she, I, I think she'll be an A-lister one day. Mm-hmm. Is what I mean. I like the uh, the tone of the movie. I like the emotions that it make. It'll make you feel. 
And most importantly, it's a movie that felt real. And, and the movie is about, you know, it's not about politics. It's not about race. It's not, it's not even about, I, at least the book isn't even about gender. It, it's, it's just about the stories of a family who happened to be four women. And I, it, it did a really, it, it did a good job making me feel like I could relate to all four of those characters. And I thought that was great. I did dislike, but the, I did dislike the ending and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when the time comes. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to take it away from the movie. I still really enjoyed it. And I really feel that this movie falls into the trap that the movie takes, the book was written in 1868. It's not 2019. I think books and movies sorry movies today that deal with the time and even books that deal with the 1800s have to remember they were the 1800s they are not not no not 2019 or 2020 different time period yeah so that is uh i didn't really necessarily like the the, the not explaining the times either but yeah. that, those are my opening thoughts all right my opening thoughts boy did i have fun with this movie i I had a little, I don't know if you saw, but I had a lot of smiles on my faces. Like, this movie, I really felt a lot for the characters. It's very moving, touching for me. Um, I was engaged with every character's story. I never was like, oh, no, this is about one of the characters, Beth. Oh, no, I don't care about, like, everything felt great. You know, all the interactions between all the characters felt, like you said, real. They all felt like real people. They all uh, felt like it was a, it was just a fun ride, just following this family around, and like some of it was. And the, I didn't mind the, uh, some of the messages sent in it. I wasn't too. Uh, I haven't. I've never read the book, so I don't have the same bias as people that read the book. So, I've have that uh, fortune. So for me, not knowing anything going in, I was. I was kind of excited for this, not going to lie. When I first saw the first trailer, I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. And uh, I was not disappointed at all. I very thoroughly enjoyed this. And uh, like you said, I really wanted more. Um, even like, obviously, you went into the sad piece and everything. But like the way the, the, the scene in the cinematography was beautiful as well. Mm, just like the absolutely. areas they were located in and shot. It was brilliant. Meryl Streep was great in it. Like, Al Kasson was amazing as well. Just uh, all around great, fun movie to watch. And that's my opening thought. So I guess I, want, I kind of want to ask you if you've read the book, but you said you haven't? No, I have not. I have. I read, But I read it when I was in high school, like grade mm -hmm. 9. I don't, I don't remember. Or grade, maybe grade 10. I don't remember it. I, or at least I didn't remember it completely as I did. Like I, yeah. I, There were things I think I told you at the end of the movie. I'm like, I just want to check that up. and Yeah. But it was good. I really liked the book. I th I think it was very well written. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the main differences between the book and the movie is the book is told linearly. Yeah. The book begins as two parts. The first mm -hmm. part deals with pretty much up until um, Meg's wedding. The second part deals with them kind of more adulty, like the, yeah. the the seven years later as you get the movie chose to do it through flashbacks what are your thoughts on on that choice for me since i never read the book i was okay with this i didn't really take into the time frame until you said something which i was like okay you know like it doesn't doesn't quite line up with uh 
the ages and everything like that if you really look into it. But I'm going to give it a pass on that for me personally. And I still I still didn't take away from the movie for me personally. And I still uh, enjoyed it. And I kind of thought it was fun. For me, I thought it was kind of fun for me to kind of figure out, oh, they're in this time frame now. Okay, this person in this hair. You know, I was it helped me pay attention a lot more to the movie. I, I like the choice, believe it or not. Like, I know it Ooh. seems like I didn't, but I did like the choice because the one thing that Greta Gerwing, sorry, what the one thing she does that I really like is she kind of gives the each character like their story as they're being told, whereas mm-hmm. in the novel, there you get that, but it's kind of from start to end, but you kind of yeah. see where they're going, the growth kind of yeah. Story. And I like that. The one thing I would I would have done to make it better is do give us a time thing because we yeah. we get introduced with Joe in the present time and then it's seven years earlier. Yeah, but we don't kind of get the idea of of how we get from seven years earlier to then, right? It just it doesn't flow nicely. Yeah, but it's still a good choice. I still like the choice. It helps actually makes it more engaging and less engaging. Yeah, that's why I said I felt I was more engaged yes. by trying to figure out. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, what's going on here, you know? All right, Xavier. Especially when we watch the late night movies, it's hard for me to stay engaged if the movie is boring because mm-hmm. you know what happens. No, no, absolutely. I start snoring. So I want to go through this podcast instead of talking because time flies all over the place. Yeah. I want to talk about the character, the girl, the, the developments of all the, the four sisters. Okay. So let's start with Joe. So Joe, the movie begins with her working in New York City. She's a writer. Um, she writes anonymously for different publications mm-hmm. because her mom doesn't like what she writes about. Yeah. Um, throughout the story, I would say it's told more through her eyes than any of the other yeah, sisters. Yeah, she's the probably the main most lead role. Lead, lead role. They're all lead roles, but she's the lead, lead. Yes. I'd argue. Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> the story is more told towards her. And she's a good writer. Um, but she gets a letter from her mom saying her sister's ill and she comes back. And then from that kind of moment, we start the flashback scenes. Yeah. Basically her story is she's always been more of a boy and she in fact Mm -hmm. admits that she, her greatest regret is she wasn't born a boy. Yeah. Cause it is the 1860s and Mm -hmm. unfortunately for women, they didn't have the same rights that they do today. And when she goes to a ball with her older sister, Meg, she meets Lori who's from a rich family and their next door neighbor. And they become, I would say best friends. Yeah. Best friends. Lori gets friend zoned. That's and it's, better. It's, cl- it's clear it. from day one that he loves her. <laughs> yeah. like she puts him right in the friend zone, but she, but he's, you know, working at breaking through. Yeah. Unsuccessfully. Cause Me, uh, Joe is definitely very stubborn, pig headed. And yeah. And she's her way. Mike, yeah. She doesn't need anybody. Yeah. She can do it on her own. Yeah. Uh, but she always just sees him as a brother. Like that, that doesn't change throughout the movie. And then it'll eventually lead to her rejecting him. Yes. And that's in a nutshell, kind of her story arc. She does some <laughs> writing. We won't talk about too much of the interaction with the sister. We'll say the yeah. sisters. We'll say that for later. Just more of the story. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the character Joe? I really liked her. Right away, you tell she's very family oriented. Uh, they're all family oriented. They want to be together forever. Joe, she's. Some of her, a little bit of her is still living in the past as well uh, because uh, 
she's one of the people that say, oh, I don't want you to leave me. You know, like Meg left, blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, where's... She's a little bit upset at her sister that she's not... Spoiler, one of her sister, Beth, gets sick. She's a little upset with her sister, uh, Amy, because she's not there. She's in, she's in Paris, uh, Paris uh, with her aunt. Um, and some of it... And I like her... For her, it's uh, this movie, I feel like it's a lot about her... It's all about all the characters doing a self-discovery uh, for all of them. But I let, I really was engaged with, like, her self-discovery, you know? Like, uh, just her, uh, I'm not going to get married, you know? It's not going to make sense. We're not going to be happy together. You know, we're so different. It was just... For me, it was a fun ride. I, I really liked her character. Uh, nothing to detest about her. I, I agree with everything you kind of said. Like, she is... She's fa- a fascinating character. She's mm-hmm. out of time, right? Yeah. She is... You know, you have... The one really thing that like we can talk about is like all four of these sisters, they're all differently in the arts, right? Yeah. Joe is the is the writer, um, Meg is the actress, Be- Beth is the, yeah. the musician, and mm. Amy is the painter, right? They're yeah. they're an artistic family, which mm-hmm. is which is brilliant. And you know, for for Joe, she might be the most talented of the four, or at yeah. least the one that is going to pursue her yeah. talents more it's than very, anyone else. Very, very uh admirate that she wants to pursue this and and i really like her family orientedness right like mm-hmm. she is probably the most family or her and beth are probably the most yeah. family oriented within the family mm-hmm. and even though meg's the oldest it seems like joe's always joe's the leader right yeah she's the one who writes the plays that they all perform like mm-hmm. she's the one who has the ideas She's the one that teaches. She's the best teacher. And we kind of yeah. see that when she goes to New York. She is the best teacher at the school she's mm-hmm. at. So in a lot of ways, it makes a lot of sense. And and, and I thought Ronan did a fantastic job portraying, portraying her. her. Like, she's great. Absolutely. And she's, she she played her with a, with a good stubbornness that I absolutely yeah. loved. Mm-hmm. Won't take no for an answer. Has yeah. to be my way. I, can, I appreciate that. I can really – I felt like she's a character I related with. Not maybe not the one I related most with, but definitely a character I related with. That's I was gonna say that too. In my thing, I felt I related with her. I think other ways for you and for for me, what I related with. But I feel like she, I guess she's very relatable. That's yeah, what we want no, to say. Absolutely. Uh, so that takes us to Meg. Now Meg is the eldest. And I would say, in a lot of ways, Meg is the most complicated of the characters. Yeah. In uh, that we get to, she wants to be rich, but she's very kind-hearted mm-hmm. and very giving. Yes. So kind of uh, uh, I, ironic in that way. Yeah. She's this this character that that goes to an elegant ball, right? Mm-hmm. But she's the one who's going to marry for love and marry this penniless tutor. Yes. To kind of show the, th- the kind of what what she's like, she's an actress. Um, I really like her her scene when she goes to the ball. She pretends to be someone else because she wants to be rich, yeah. but she feels horrible because she also, like Joe, loves the family mm-hmm. to a different extent, but still likes loves the family. She ends up marrying the poor tutor. They ha- they have twins. Um, she one of the first scenes we see her in when we're, when we're introduced to her is she buys fifty dollar fabric, which is a ridiculous Super amount expensive. of money at the time. How much is that? Like what five hundred back then? If not more. <laughs> yeah. But this is the idea, right? Like, she 
sees herself as she has this desire to be rich. She's yeah. easily manipulated by her friends too. Like her friends have all money. Rich. They all have money and they're like, hey, just this is easy. We just buy it, you know? But at the end of the day, even though her husband wants to give her the dress and help her out to make yeah. a beautiful dress, she sells it because she understands that her family and her husband she loves it are yeah, more important than a first, stupid dress. Right. Yeah. So what are your thoughts overall on Meg? Another character I love, the complicated Met. Her her over story arc is like you said, you see her, she wants to be the rich girl, she wants to be famous, you know, like and everyone wants it. I feel like there's a little bit of relatability to every character for me. I see a little bit of myself in all of them. Um uh, and everyone everyone always fantasizes about being rich, but like sometimes you come to the point you know, sometimes having, I know you don't think this, but having all the money in the world doesn't always make you happy. It's about being with the people you love and having the people you care. And uh, I feel like once her sister passed away, Beth, things really came into perspective. Spoiler for one of the sisters. <laughs> things really come into perspective for her and she really feels um, that she needs to, uh, things Real, things like money don't really matter because they had friends with all the money in the world and what did that have what did that bring her right so that's uh that's how i feel about that i you mean meg meg yeah. sorry oh my me, God. for me <laughs> i think in a lot of ways she's the most relatable character mm-hmm. because everyone wants ever more than what they've got right yeah. that's the kind of th- thing with her and not everyone discovers what they actually have and that's something that meg does discover right she discovers wait a minute i have all i have everything i need right here and she realized that when she when blend beth dies and she had bought Mm -hmm. that fabric and she's like i'm so stupid what the hell did i do i'm smarter than that Mm -hmm. and i really like that i really like i like the acting this like she's like she's so talented but she it's it was just something she did for fun, right? She yeah. even says it. Like, Joe tries to convince Meg not to get married. Yeah, don't get married. Let's go into acting. We can do it. Yeah, let's work together. And, and she says, like, listen, like, I like acting, but that's not my passion. Like, you are a writer. I I want a family. I want to settle down. I want children. Yeah. And that was what was in the cards for her. Mm-hmm. So I, I, again, really liked her. And Emma Watson was fantastic. Yeah. But I do have one more question about Meg. Did she get the short end of the stick? I felt like she got like the least. She, she didn't get the she got the least screen time of, of of the big of the sisters. Yeah, no, she did get the least screen time. Uh, actually, for me, I I'd kind of I'd argue a little bit. I don't know that this is fact, but I felt like Beth got more of the short end than than Meg. Yeah, maybe Beth. It's Beth or like Meg. Beth Meg. or Meg. Yeah, but it's either Beth or Meg. I'm more on the Beth got more of the short end because. I'm trying to figure major scenes that I remember with Beth and obviously when they're all together with Beth and then Beth alone is what she played the piano. Yeah. That's pretty much the other one for at least with Meg. She went to the ball. I remember that one the fabric. Scene, the fabric scene. I remember the scene where she's alone with her husband saying, you know, you know, she's like, I don't you don't make enough money for me. So I don't know. Like I want to be rich. You know, I that was a great scene, by Such the way. <laughs> and you just see it like yeah. rip through his heart because yeah, you know no, he's like, I have like this beautiful woman and she's right. I can't provide for her. Yeah. I feel so guilty. Right. You know, like that's very moving, moving scene, you know. So I, that's what I would say. But I, 
out of the two, there's all uh, the other two get a little bit more screen time than the other two. Sisters get way more screen time than the other two, right? Yeah. And that's what well, that's what I that's the way the cookie crumbles. You're not wrong. So that takes us to Amy. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say something about Amy because Florence Puig. I just want to say was great. Normally, when they make like when the '94 movie came out, they had an actress for Amy at 13, and then an actress for Amy at 20, mm-hmm. because like that's a big gap. Yeah, but not Florence. Florence pulled it off. She played her at 13 and at 20, mm-hmm. and was gr- that was so good. Yeah, she was I, in really a lot of ways, I thought she good. stole the show. <laughs> Honestly, I think I was most interested in this story arc. I love how she she kind of. Lived her life in Joe's shadow. Mm-hmm. She loved Lori from the like, like romantic love Lori from the moment uh, she laid eyes. She on laid eyes, and they did a, oh, he did a good, <laughs> such a <laughs> great job. In her face, that's how. That's it's how good. That's so how easy. you know she's gonna be talented. Like oh, yeah. just right in the face, like oh, she likes him. Yeah. Um. She went. To, she ends up going to Paris. Um. She she does what her aunt uh, March wants her to do in courts for money, not for love. Mm-hmm. But she wants to be an artist. And the, the, the line, I think my favorite line of the movie, and it's right, right out of the book is she wants to be great or nothing. Like, that's it. I want to be great or I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And you know, I, again, I think this is a really relatable line to a lot of people. And again, it's a character I probably related the most with in here because you feel like, yeah. This desire to be the best at something, right? Especially yeah. when you're like the third child. I'm not the third child. I'm not, or a middle child. I'm the oldest. I'm more same. Yeah, but I, but I still can have this idea that you're always living in other people's shadows. You always want to be better than everyone else. Like you have to be yeah. the best. So you try to you try to correct people when they when they say something when they say something wrong. You you have to be right because otherwise you're not good enough. And I think there's a lot of truth that a lot of people feel like that. And I think that's why Amy is is really relatable. What what are your thoughts on Amy? Say I second most of the things that you say. Uh I felt, you know, like you said, I do think she stole the show. So she's very interesting like when she, in every scene, especially with actors like you have Ronan and Emma Watson, Laird Drone and Meryl Streep and she's the one that's the charisma in the room, that's saying a lot of things, right? There's a lot, it's not like she's playing against, you know, no-name actresses. These are all established ones and mm-hmm. as well. And she was the main main person that you'd kind of pay attention to, right? Um, I really felt, honestly, if anyone's going to probably, I feel like if anyone's going to, people are going to hate a character, it might be the Amy character because it's some of the things she could, didn't, could, might be seen as selfish. You're right. Oh, she's she's she does the worst <laughs> things of the characters. Yeah, right. Like, she does bad things. And we'll, we'll talk about that later but, on. But you, it's because, like you said, she wants to be the best. It's her desire. She feels left out, you know. Uh, it feels like her and Joe have but the most heads. As because well. they're the most they're similar. The most, they're similar, plus they're both the middle child. Exactly. So they're obviously going to be a competition, and you can see the competition. It's a li- it's a little subtle at the beginning, you know, just like how uh, their interactions, like you know, how she said, "I want to be a best artist," and then Beth. So I think it's either Beth or Max is a good point. Like, isn't that what you want to be? You want to be the best writer? She's like, I know, but it sounds so putrid or something. Absolutely. When she says it right. So. 
you can tell that suddenly there's a thing there and it grows and grows until eventually it climaxes at the end at the, at the near the end and then they eventually even at the point you know she the person she's in love with is in love with her older sister as well right can you imagine being through that no wonder she is the way she is oh absolutely but there's also the the age gap to it it almost yeah. seems like like meg and joe are like five years older than the other two yeah so they they're they but they're so close together that they do everything together. But yeah. there are a couple things that Amy's not ready to do yet. And Beth has no interest, but Amy wants to be there, right? Yeah. We talked about this. Meg wants to start a family. Meg wants to do her thing. Amy wants to be the best, like Joe. Mm-hmm. And Joe is seen as the most talented. It's always Joe. She's the leader, right? Well, yes. if you're not the leader and you have ambitions to be the leader, who are you going to have most heads with? Yeah, the leader. The leader. So you see that, and and it's it, it's very relatable. And I, I, I really like the character. And, and I'm, I'm so glad that Greta decided to keep Florence as, as doing both, yeah, both of both it. Roles. And you know what? I, I thought you one comment you would make is, like, the Irishman should take notes. Because, like, instead oh, yeah. of de-aging her, <laughs> they just put bangs in her face and, yeah. you know. Well, Irishman, yeah. It's funny that I literally just thought of that now. And yeah, the Irishman should take notes instead of using CGI and all that nonsense. Just change the way they look a little bit. Yeah, yeah. no, I, 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 again, I, I really, I really liked her. So that takes us to Beth, and Beth is the quiet one, the musician, right? She lets she she speaks through her music. Yeah, and she kind of lives in the shadows, right? Like when they do their plays at Christmas or thing or things like that, she doesn't participate in them, right? She's not outgoing. She doesn't want to be in the limelight. She is the best of them. She has a relationship with Mr. Lawrence, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, and she's the one who's going to die. Yeah. So first, what are your overall thoughts on Beth? Uh, we didn't get enough of her. Like I said, that's a, her character was very interesting as well. Like all these characters, it's not like Beth was, she wasn't like super interested. In, I would say, oh, whatever. But like she was very interested. And even though she... And I was still upset that she passed away, even with what little screen time that they had. Just because the fact that they were such a close-knit group as sisters, and how tight the family is, and how they helped each other, helped people together, and they were given their parents, put good heads on all their shoulders, you know? Like, they taught them to share, to care, and give, you know? Um, they, and she takes that, I think out of all of them, she takes that to heart, and because she wants to help people, unfortunately, that's her. It's her undoing as well. Uh, not right away, but you know, it's, it's she never recovers from the pain that happens to her and everything like that. Great character. I really like the relationship between Laurie's grandfather and her as well, um, and just the music she played and just I just love them all together. You know, I think my favorite parts of the movie was them. Seeing how close they actually felt like real sisters to me. They did. They yeah. fought like real sisters. They loved like real sisters. You're yeah. absolutely right. And she is the youngest, but like not the youngest, like kind of the oldest in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because she's the only one that never really had problems with anyone, never got into yeah. arguments. And you're right. We did not get enough Beth. Yeah. And I, it, and, it, and it's sad. But again, I, I would have been fine with a three hour movie. Like we, we had three hour, three and a half hours of the. <laughs> Of the Irishman, three hours of Endgame. Give me three hours of Little Women. Like it was yeah. good. Like it's <laughs> if a movie's good, it can be long. And 
there were stories to tell. Like, I mean, my favorite scene is, so she's the quiet one. And, um, when the girls meet Mr. Lawrence, who we'll talk about in a, in a moment, but he's kind of like the recluse next door who, who, whose daughter died and had to disown his son. He has this reputation. You think he's going to be so mean, but he opens his doors to these girls and Beth comes and plays the piano. And he, who's upstairs listening, kind of comes down the stairs in this wide-angle shot and just sits on the stairs and like has like tears as he's listening to this music. And I, that was the most emotional scene for me in mm-hmm. it. And it's just a shame that we didn't get to see more of Beth and Mr. Lawrence and that developed. Yeah. Like she makes some like sh- slippers mm-hmm. and he ends up giving her the piano. It was it was a, just a great story. Like no one had a mean thing. You could say mean things about Amy, Joe, or Meg. You could not say a mean thing about Beth in this No. She, she's really the St. Nicholas of uh, the group. Really? She <laughs> was. Now, did you know she was going to die? Once the, she got sick a second time, I felt it coming. I'm like, she's not. So you didn't, you, you, didn't, you weren't a Friends fan then? A Friends the fan? The TV show Friends? No. So if you, if you watch Friends, you would have been spoiled by this because uh, – Joey always read The Shining and Rachel always read Little Women and they decided to switch and um, Rachel kind of s- spills that Beth was going to was going to die or was and Joey gets all sad and then <laughs> she says oh it's not gonna happen and then when he reads it he comes over to the apartment and is like Beth's sick <laughs> and they put the book in the freezer because that's what he does when books are scary <laughs> it is uh, it's it's just I so I knew and I guess that like. You did say this, but how did you feel when she died? Like, I felt sad. Like I said, just did you feel devastated see... though? Was it like up? Like when the when the when the when the wife dies and up? Like did you feel like that, or was like mm. not? I wouldn't say devastated. Definitely, but not not like uh, I really really felt something. But I wouldn't say up's very hard. You know, like. That it's gonna it's hard to take to, to take that place. I'm sure it, probably if I read the book, I'd feel it more. And and that's and that's because you don't get enough Beth. That's right? exactly. It. I think that's one of the one of the areas the movies the movie doesn't succeed. Yeah, is because it's short and it has to be. But we don't get that connection with Beth. Yeah. In in the book, they make it pretty obvious that yeah. she's going to die. In the movie. It came out of kind of left field. Like you don't yeah. know what's gonna happen. I think that's what they were going. That's mm-hmm. what I think they were hoping to do. Instead of giving Beth yeah. the screen time she needed, make it quick, and but make it efficient, make it yeah. surprise. Like no, oh I still, my- I still think it was efficient though. And well, I, that's the worst word to use in that kind of situation. No, but, like uh, they did a they, but, yeah. they did a good job. Yeah, they because I still felt like I didn't feel for me personally, but like for the characters, just knowing what they've been through and seeing how close as a sisterly bond they are. And this shows you scenes of like how Joe, Joan, the first time she was sick, just would not stop, would stay by her all the time. You know, it, it just was. It I felt very tough for the characters. You know, like that's why I felt more for the characters. You know, yeah, and we really get to see we we get to see Beth one on one time with Joe, but not really with any, and maybe a yeah. little bit with Amy, but we don't get to see like Meg have that one on one time with her, right? Yeah, which yeah. is which is to the two characters that get the least screen time. I know yeah. it's true. So that's Beth. Lori is the troubled kid next door, right? Yeah. In in the seven years in the past, he's like 
doesn't want to learn. He's being tutored, but yeah, like doesn't, doesn't like listen. fancy society. Do- and then in the seven years in, in the present time, he gets drunk and comes to like a comes with the ball with two girls. Yeah, he um he you know he loved Joe and gets rejected and kind yeah. of forgets to live life for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then when Amy tells him like that she's been in love with him his her entire life, he finally does the right thing and leaves. Yeah, and then Amy's like, oh. He left. I said I, I said no to the rich guy who wanted me. Yeah, and, and Meryl's like, "What the hell?" And then that takes us to like the part where like they go back together because Beth was sick, mm-hmm. and uh, they they marry on the way. And yeah, yeah. Is Lori developed enough? Um, not as much as I'd like. But the question is: Is this a Lori movie, or is it more focused towards the girls? Right. See. He's developed more than Beth and Meg. Actually, no, not as much as Meg, no. I, I think he's not developed enough, and I think this is the reason. Why does he, he – there's one line in this film at the wedding, uh, uh, at Meg's wedding, where we find out he graduated. And in the book, they do a good job saying he graduated because of Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe pushes him to get his life together. Yeah. And that's the one thing I think that this movie is – is missing with some of this development of characters mm-hmm. or what, what made the book so special. These girls have an impact on all of the people around they them. Interact so okay. it, by, by, by evolving or developing Lori more, you understand number one, that, 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 that importance of Joe's character and number two, why he's wallowing for so long, right? Mm-hmm. Why he gives up because that's what he was before. Joe was his reason for doing things. And then he then he kind of sees Amy and it kind of brings him back, back to, to reality. Exactly. Or to what's important in life, yeah. right? So I do think there could have been a little bit more. Okay. Now did Fair you enough. did you like Laurie? I liked him. I didn't hate him. I kind of feel, you know, he obviously from what he's his dad's there's no dad father figure, no mother figure. You know, he's been through our a rough patch. So it's kinda of not don't he doesn't have like a true father, father figure, so it's no one's really shown him through the ropes, right? He's just doing things how he wants to do. So it's really, it's understandable where he's coming from. So I didn't hate his character, and uh, yeah, and I enjoyed, like I said, I enjoyed his interactions as well with them. Oh, I, I agree. A little bit, and he was a funny guy, you know. He's a little bit cheeky, you know. Yeah, he was he he, he was one of the girls in this case, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. he he had fun. He didn't take himself seriously. Yeah, I I really liked him in in the. I liked him pretty much until he marries Amy because like feel like that wasn't developed. It just kind of happened out of left yeah, field, yeah. and I would have liked again more development. But again, that kind of goes to the ending of the movie that I felt was was very rushed and not well done. Uh, Mr. Lawrence is another one of our side characters, and he's my personal favorite of the side characters. We've talked a little bit about him. He, his son he has disowned. His daughter has died. Um, he's lonely, and he gets touched by these marsh women. Yeah. These little women. Specifically, Beth. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm just going to ask you one more time just because I want to hear it because I like I – li- do we need more Beth than Mr. Lawrence? Yes. A little bit more into it. More Beth than Mr. Lawrence just to kind of feel that they uh, are interactive. You know? There are more interactions. So the parents. Let's start with the mom. What did you think of Miss March or Marmy? I liked her. Not a lot of characters here. The one person that 
I'm not. I'm gonna go skip ahead to the dad. Not developed at all. He's kind of just away, and then he's there. Did you think the dad was gonna die in the war? And I didn't think he was gonna die in the war. Oh, I thought, I thought, but I, after Giovanna thought that for yeah, sure. Yeah, what's it called? After the thing, and I'm like, one of someone in the family's died. I thought it was Beth. I took my car, I put my cards on Beth. But like with the father, I didn't even know. Like you know, the whole entire Beth is sick. You don't really see the father much. I thought he was dead. He's too. sick. He's sick in Washington, right? That's why the mom leaves. Oh yeah, he's sick. No, that he... was the first time he was sick. Oh, the first but... time Beth. Is... Ah, the second time Beth's sick. You don't it, see the father much. Yeah, and I think that's the funeral. I think that that's there for a reason, though, right? Because they don't. Sh- this is because of the flashbacks, right? Oh, they, they don't want, want you, to you to think, think the dad dies, died during the Civil we'll War, the so they don't show him when he comes back. They keep yeah. him hidden. But even when he comes back, he th- he's he's still not in yeah. there when he's sick. Well, right? in so. the book, he's a reverend, and you kind of yeah. see that when he marries Meg. Mm-hmm. But he comes back at the end of the first like part. Yeah. Of the of the of the uh, novel, he's in the novel a little bit in the second part, but. Yeah, that's the thing. But for the mother, Laura Dern did a great job playing as the mother. Uh, obviously, you have a fond attachment to her because he's part of your favorite movie. Of yes, all time. he is. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, she was great in it. I really, you can tell the mother was the reason why the kids are raised so well is because of the mother's values and the father's values as well, both put on through the children. The last character in this movie is a character that is like mentioned a lot in the book, but like never seen in the book. And that's aunt March. Yeah. But in the movie, they, they give her a bigger role mm-hmm. and they give that to a pretty big actress. I don't know. Have you, have you heard of her? Her name's Meryl Streep. Have you, have you heard of this one? No, no, I can't. I just can't have no, idea. she's pretty, she's pretty bought, you know, she's got more Academy award nominations than anyone else, but you know, I mean, she can't be that good. Yeah. No. I think she's a little bit overrated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better be joking. That's Meryl Streep you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of Aunt March? I, I think she, I enjoyed her. I'm not going to lie. Meryl Streep, what, what's not to love about her? You know, she played her super well. Um, she's kind of the counterpoint to Joe and to uh, and to Amy as well, right? Uh, I'm not going to And just the way that she's her straight bluntness, right? She, she reminds me a lot of Maggie Smith's character in Downton Abbey. Like, I feel like that's like, she's just like, listen, this is the past. We got to keep it the way it is. No changing. Mm-hmm. You cannot make a thing of yourself. You marry, you have lots of children, and that's it. Yeah. What about you? You're rich and single. Well, actually, no, you're, you're not married. Yeah, well, that's because I'm rich. <laughs> I really wish I knew why she was rich. I'm assuming she made a rich husband and he died early. That's what I don't think though. I don't think she ever got married. I think oh. I think that their her and her dad, sorry, their dad, had um had a lot, had made money, but he decided instead of to donate it to all. donate it to be a reverend to, yeah. to not all of it. They're, they're, not they're, they they still well they off. have money. They like let's be honest. They are still either they're upper they're lower upper class or they're upper middle class. Mm-hmm. Like that's where they they are in the world. They just like they live beside one of the one of the richer people in, in their town. In, the, in their town, in their small town. So let's let's remember that. All right, now let's talk a little bit about the ending. So Joe, after Beth dies, um, Joe decides to write the story of the the four sisters. And mm-hmm. if you don't know this, the the book is actually based off Alcott's life, mm-hmm. and um, she is Joe. 
Does that make sense? Yes. Hence being the writer. So she um, decides to write this story. She does. The publisher initially doesn't want it, but then realizes after her his daughter read, read it and want more of it, which is actually true, mm-hmm. he decides to get the whole story. While this is going on, we're seeing a sequence where Frederick, and I, we haven't talked about Frederick, and Frederick is uh, a gentleman that uh, is a professor at the school that um, Joe works for in New York. And when Joe shows him his work, he's very critical, very blunt, saying, that this, mm-hmm. you're a very talented writer, you're writing smut. Why don't you write something meaningful? And she takes that as criticism and, and leaves. It's and, offended and leaves. And this is at the beginning of the movie, like one of the first few scenes mm-hmm. of the movie where they're like they're dancing at a club at a at a bar at a or whatever. There's no nightclubs yet. I didn't say nightclub. I said a club. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so he comes to visit the the marshes, and uh, says he's got a job in California, and he ends up leaving because Joe doesn't want to stay. And there, there, there's a couple things here, but this is being spliced over with Joe talking to the editor and in the original novel that she gives the editor in this, in this movie, he, Joe remains unmarried. Mm-hmm. And the editor said, you can't do that. So they get spliced in with Joe running to the, the train station with this elaborate Hollywood, I love you, Hallmarky, right out, just not Tony at all, and writes it in to keep the editor happy, but saying that she doesn't want to, and insinuating she didn't marry him with no finger. And then Aunt Marsh dies, she gets the school, and is going to open a school for girls in 1868. Did you like this ending? Well, considering that I don't know the, what happened in the book, that did that comes complete opposite. I I liked the ending. I wasn't phased by it, uh, and I yeah I couldn't. I didn't have any complaints for me. I have three problems with the ending. Three major issues. The first tone. <laughs> this movie, the tone was very serious. Very real. Mm-hmm. Very emotional. Well, this umbrella scene was way not... It was off the tone of the entire movie. The second reason is story perspective, plot points. You have this Frederick character at the beginning of the story. If, you're gonna, if, you, don't want, if you don't want Joe to get married, fine. Don't write in Frederick. Because why is Frederick there? You have... You have her leave. You have Joe leave New York not talking to Frederick and then you put a scene saying, oh, where did Joe go? Is she coming back? Clearly, mm-hmm. he loves her. So then he goes to see her and while this is all going on, Joe is talking about how she's lonely. She writes a letter to Lori when he's coming back on how he, she wants to marry him. And then you make the decision, no, women don't have to be married because you want to make this a 2019 thing. It just doesn't work. And then the third reason is continuity. In the novel, Little Women, Joe marries Frederick. And I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, 
that's a big important thing because the second book is called Little Men. The third book is about Frederick and Joe's children. So, I mean, as someone who read the book, I want the ending to kind of match where I want them to go with it. And even the idea of opening just an all-girls school. In At the end of the novel, it's an all-boys school because, again, it's 1860s. Mm-hmm. And it's not until the twins, till Meg's ch- twins go to the school and... Meg's daughter is the only girl that she invites other girls to come into, and then it's 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 all of them. So, because this movie was so good, I would have liked to see a sequel, mm-hmm. but now I can't have one. At least I can't have the sequel that Louis May Alcott wrote. Yeah. So that that's why I didn't like it. Fair enough. Um, the one thing I really enjoyed though about this film is I liked uh and. The book had a lot more of this, but it's the the little moments between the sisters. Now we see some in the movies. Is there yeah. is what are the, which of these little moments really stood out to you? I uh, I feel like all of them to me personally. Uh, I I know it's kind of a cop out answer, but I like I said I had fun with all of it. It was a great film to me from start to finish. Uh, for those little moments, my favorite uh, was the. This the moment when they're going to the movies or one of the movies, the play at the city hall or the town hall. And Amy really wants to go, but it's like a double date where Lori's going with Joe as friends and mm-hmm. um, John Brooke is trying to court Meg. So they yeah. go to the, the, the four of them and Amy really wants to go. And she's like, and Joe's like, no. And Amy, Joe had been writing a novel and Amy t- gets the novel and burns it page by page. It's so vindictive. It's so like such a you could tell because she's a, like that Amy's a yeah. child doing this, and when Joe gets home, she's just like distraught, and like how yeah. the other sisters are like, "You did wrong to Amy," yeah, but still not shunning her. Mm-hmm. But over like the next I guess a week, Joe will not talk to Amy at all. Like their relationship's like done. Yeah, and Lori and Joe are gonna go skating on the ice. And and Meg's like, go with her, yeah. to Amy, and, and and you know what, just be nice and 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 tell her your story and things like that. But Joe just ignores her and and skates away, and Amy falls into the ice, and and Joe just immediately like is like it's like no, oh my God, Amy, Amy, you gotta save her, we gotta save her, and then like, Amy's fine, she's okay, and she's sitting by the bed just saying like. I'm so angry. I'm, it was my fault. And it's just, it's it's really, I think, what siblings go through. Like yeah, that love hate. Yeah. So I really, I really like that the burn of the novel and the consequence. But it's all the little things like the acting or the, the, the Beth Bill, um, uh, whatchamacallit, sorry, the four of them giving up their lunch, the little meetings they have up yeah, in the, the room thing. about their, about about just their club, the sisters yeah. club. I love all of that. Was there enough of that in this film, or would you have liked to see more? Uh, obviously, I'd like to see more. I, the, of course, we always said that we always argued that there wasn't enough of some characters. So, of course, yeah, I would like to see more. Is it a mistake to be changing classical literature to make them 2020 relevant or 2020 acceptable? Um, That's a good question. And I'll give you an example. Like the women's school at the end, or... 
making it about women's rights when women's yeah. rights weren't a part of the story? Um, interesting. I I don't know. I feel like like I said, movies are a shade of what the political climate is today, right? So, um, does it have to be about that? No. To me, personally, it doesn't take away from the story that it is about it. Um, you know, I feel like some some movies, you know, with the yeah. I don't think it takes away from the story. And I'm not talking about, yeah. and I'm not even talking about this particular movie. I'm talking about movies in general, any classical fictional work, right? Changing characters to make them women, to, or to make, you know, like I, I look at like the movie, you ever seen The Patriot? No. The Patriot's about the American Revolution and Mel Gibson. Oh, plays yeah, a, that movie. Yeah, okay, I've seen it. Well, Mel Gibson plays a southern slave owner and he's nice to his slaves. Yeah. But if you make it true, well, then you can't make him the hero because he. Yeah. You can't have a racist being a hero. Yeah. So should we be changing things to make it relevant, to make them like, or keeping things the way they were? Like it's, I find it very tough. It's it's okay. It's movie magic. It's Hollywood, right? Not mm-hmm. everything's gonna be a hundred percent to uh, thing. As long as it doesn't hurt the story too bad, I'm I, fine with it. I don't think that changing the story would have ruined the movie. I just think that adding. It, because it's based on a novel and you added Frederick in it and the whole point of adding Frederick or writing that letter to Laurie, having all that in there just seems like you contradicted the story you created. Fair enough. So, all right, my last question. Who's your favorite sister? Don't ask me that. I'm not answering that. If, if they, I refuse to If answer. they were making a movie on one of these sisters, which, which sister story would you like to, to see? I'm not answering that. Wow. Don't make me pick. I like all of them. <laughs> all of them or none of it. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. What do you give this movie out of 10? I'm going to give this a, a 9 out of 10. I really had fun with this. Uh, and uh, aside from a couple of them personal blemishes, you know, I, it's, uh, it's a great fun ride. I recommend this to everybody. I was texting all my friends like, go see this movie. This is great. Great year to end, great movie to end the year on. So, I'm gonna give this an 8.5. I really liked it. It's got rewatchability. I'd watch it again in a heartbeat, but I, I have a hard time getting over the ending. I have a hard time. I have a hard time with that. I think so, you're scared because you hate women. Wow. I'm just joking. <laughs> I just... No, it's, it's got nothing to do with that. Yeah, the ending. It's, obviously, it's an 8.5. An ending, an ending <laughs> is so vital to a movie, and I, yeah. I've said that before. All right. Anything else you want to talk about with this movie? No. Everyone, please watch it. It's great. You should definitely get it watching that movie. It's so good. Mm-hmm. All right. Shall we talk about our top 10 movies of 2019? All right. Let's we, can put do tw- this. we can put 2019 to bed. Okay. All right. So I'm starting. I'm starting this time. I go with number 10 and 9, right? Give me yep. one second. Okay. So my number 10 movie. It's all about nostalgia, baby. It's Detective Pikachu. Um, I did not expect this movie to be enjoyable. I really didn't. I thought the Pokemon were going to look unpleasant to look at. A live-action Pokemon movie I never thought would work. It just looked weird, you know. Sonic, take notes. <laughs> the, but the, like, the story, to me, it was fun. It was fresh. Ryan Reynolds was great. The jokes were funny to me. Um, just the... Him trying to catch a Pokemon and just 
just the whole story, overarching story, and a little bit of a twist at the end. Uh, fell a little bit near the end where, you know, uh, the reason for why he wanted to make everyone Pokemon was weird, but, uh, <laughs> that's just me. But, uh, other than that, I had a great time with this, and, uh, it's probably number 10. The nostalgia factor is, re it's riding high on that. That's why it's in number 10. Um, my number 9 No, 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 it's oh. you, 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 you went first. <laughs> yeah, but Mine I have to say 9. No, I say 10-9. Okay, fine. You started, you ended. Okay, fine. All right, my number 10 movie is Fighting With My Family. And, you know, you want to talk about surprise movies of the year. I mean, this is a surprise one to me because I saw a preview to this and I'm like, there's no way this is going to be good. And I was I was shocked. And, you know, this is just... This is what we talked about with Little Women. Florence Puy. She was so good. I was so impressed with her. I she was fantastic. The movie was funny. The story was a was it was a motivating story. It was uh, about not quitting, about following your dreams, about overcoming yourself in a lot of ways. And I I really liked it. And again, movies based on true stories a lot of times they can go either way. But this one was fantastic. My number nine movie is another surprise one. It's Cold Pursuit. And I found Cold Pursuit this year. I was so impressed with this movie. Liam Neeson in in a role that's kind of like like a like kind of like taken, but not really. He goes around uh, his, his, his trying to avenge his son who who was killed in a stupid way. Um, it was funny, it was a dark comedy, the ending was great. I mean, you can look look at our our old podcast to get our, our, my full thoughts on it. But I was I was so impressed by that movie; it really stuck out. I liked the little um, rest in peace things when they died. It was like it was it was so well done. Okay, your number nine. My number nine is uh, just a new entry. You made me switch it up because I remembered this one. Fighting with your family. Fighting with my family. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was I had to swap out um a couple. I'm not gonna tell you what I swapped out. It'll be an honorable mention a little bit, but uh, it was uh, great fun. Like you said, I really enjoyed it. Florence was great in this. Um, I'm almost. I think all three of the movies he was in this year would be top ten if I saw Midsummer, but. I'm seeing it this Saturday. It's fantastic movie. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you didn't think to ask me if I wanted to see that. That's the thing I got really upset. You literally asked me to see <laughs> everything else except for Midsummer. I was like, I was thinking, oh, I really want to see this. And you're like, I already saw it. And I'm like, what? I can't believe it. I'm sh I was shocked. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm, I apologize. I was <laughs> sorry. Actually, I'm like, out of all the movies you think, like that's something I definitely would be interested in. No I thought idea. you knew me, but you I, didn't. Apparently I don't. My number eight. Is bombshell. Um, great movie. We I literally talked about it five pod about an hour ago in the podcast earlier. So um, we didn't podcast about it unfortunately because, like I said, we don't know anything about the topic. But honestly, I really suggest everyone go out there watch it. I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, all the roles were good. The jokes were great. Not gonna lie though, at the very start of the movie, 
The one thing that annoyed me was Charlie Theron's voice was so. It sounded. It was she the voice from Monster. She went yeah. in and out of that voice. I didn't. I didn't. That was the one thing I didn't like about it either. <laughs> yeah, it's like that? it wasn't consistent. Yeah, right. It sounded like that girl from Monster, like her role from Monster, and then back to normal. Like then you'd notice I'm like, oh, what the heck, and then it'd go away. But I love how they explain how Fox, how the building were. I thought it was just it yeah. was so well done. And again, mm-hmm. not hateful, not. A movie that anyone can watch, any gender, any yeah. any race, just in, it just it's and very you can enjoyable. Take something from you can take, exactly, and you know there there are things that you know you everyone will take from that. They'll be like, I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. I, well, how could that even happen? That's so stupid. How is that allowed to happen? Yeah, a hundred percent. My number eight movie is Where'd You Go, Bernadette? I mean, I'll say this again. I've said this last week. I'll say it again. This is a bad year for movies. Like, but. There was a couple sleeper movies, like the first two I said in this one. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite movie of the summer. And what I really liked about this movie, I did not expect it to be good. It's a story of a mother and of, and of a daughter. It's a story about about the importance of communicating your problem and, and facing your, and your problems and needing someone to talk to. And, you know, it's just, it was very well done. And again, I really enjoyed it. My number seven movie, Shazam. Shazam. I would have, if you had told me January first, twenty nineteen, if I was gonna put a DC movie in my top ten, I you told admit you, it. He's a Marvel fanboy. I would have told admit you it on the mic. I would have told. I am a Marvel fanboy. Who's 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 saying I'm not? I'm simply saying. I would have not said that I would have put a DC movie because DC I thought was too dark. It wasn't going to work. And then I saw Shazam and wow. It just, it saddens me because it shows me what Superman could have been. It shows me what, what all these other DC movies that they were making could have been. Adding some humor, adding some themes, making it relevant to people, making it relatable. A story about finding a family. Who doesn't love that story? Who doesn't want to see that story? So good. And we'll see if DC can keep it up in the future. You're up. Alright, my number seven is Jumanji The Next Level. Um, I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, it was a great adventure and experience for me. Um... Kevin Hart and The Rock were great. Just the dynamic. I didn't think. I'm like, well, how can they incre- like change the sequel so much to make it more enjoyable? Like, what can they do? And but and I was impressed. I was blown away. I didn't have. I didn't think they could uh, knock it out of the park again, and they definitely did. So, well done on that. Um, and my number six is uh, it chapter two. Um. A lot of people don't like this movie. I don't know why. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I had a fun time with this. Uh, I li- just as much as the first one. Um, well, some people argue it's a little long, but I feel like it's necessary because each character got fully developed for why they had to find uh, what they had to do. Um, maybe the way they beat it is kind of stupid, but whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it happens. But other than that, uh, I had fun with this, and I really enjoyed it. My number six movie of the of the year is Toy Story Four. I mean, it, it it couldn't be Toy Story Three. I was not expecting that, but 
What I got in Toy Story 4 surprised me. It was a very good movie. It was well-developed. Again, it continued with good themes. I, I didn't love the ending, but not because it wasn't a good ending, because it meant that it probably is the last Toy Story movie now, or at least the last Toy Story movie with Woody and Buzz. Mm-hmm. And that is was heartbreaking to me. And again, not that it was bad. It made sense. It worked with the story they were creating, but it was it was an emotional roller coaster, and, and that's really what Disney Pixar is all about. Added some really good characters. Uh, Keanu Reeves' character was so good in that mm-hmm. movie. A villain that's not really a villain that just wants to be loved. And again, like it, if you can relate to every character in a movie, you've done your good job writing it. And and Toy Story Four is maybe not the top, or maybe not even the second best Toy Story movie, but it is not a bad movie by any means. My number five movie is Ford versus Ferrari. Again, another movie that blew me away. There's not much negative with this movie. Again, if you if you if you want to see our review on episode forty three, we talked about it. Uh, it told the story of Carol Shelby and Ken Miles. The acting of those two were great. Some of the best car sequences I've seen in movie history. That was educational. I learned so much. I wanted to know so much more. I went home and and read for hours. Uh, it was entertaining, and and again, you can't ask for. A good movie is entertaining, keeps you engaged, makes you think, and this movie did all of that. All right, I'm up. Yeah, you're number five. My number five is uh, Little Women. I just talked about it literally ten minutes ago in this podcast, but yeah, all I, like I said, very fun adventure. Um, really thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, I'd suggest everybody go see it. Uh, it's all everyone deserves to see it at least once and all star acting from a great cast and uh, yeah and my number four is uh, Ford vs Ferrari um, I second everything you said um, I don't know the last two race and racing movies so I saw Rush which I loved and I saw this which I loved as well um, great great experience to act in Two great actings, suspenseful. I really enjoyed this film. But go Ferrari. (laughs) My number four movie is Captain Marvel. In a year full of movies, or in a year full of female strong movies that hate men, like Black Christmas, or Charlie's Angels, or Hustlers, or The Kitchen, or Widows, etc., 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 this one proves... You can have a strong female character, not hate men, and still make a a billion dollars. It's great storytelling. You have a plot which not about female empowerment, even though it is. It's about what it means to be human. And again, what's more relatable than asking that simple question? We live in a world today where we hate people based on the color of their skin, based on the genitalia that they have, based on what they who they want to love, what they who they want to be. Yeah, and now it's what year they're born in. Pardon? What year you're or born what in. year you're born in. You have all these hates. But guess what? All humans, we're all the same. We all bleed. We all got We're all gonna die one day. Well, well, well that's true. And you know, 
I really just li- spend it loving instead of hating. I really, I really like that about this movie. And you know what? The other, the other plot that this movie's about, it's about the importance of always getting back up. You know, that's what humans do. We're resilient, and I like that message of it. The music was fantastic. Back to the '90s, the acting was great. And at the end of the day, the MCU actually starts with a strong woman, not with a metal suit. No, technically it starts with a blonde white guy with a shield, but you know who's counting. Well, I, yeah, but the, Aven- the Avengers <laughs> is, is, is called the Avengers because of Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. He might be the first Avenger. Not, you said MCU, not Avenger. I did, I did. It's true. Try to save yourself. That's true. You got me. Jeff My number ass. three is Jumanji the Next Level. Ooh. Um, what can I say? I laughed the entire movie. Uh, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, The Raw, Karen Gillan were amazing. I think Jack Black steals the show again. So good. This is just a fun action-adventure movie what it is it's fun we need more movies like this this is the kind of movie that we don't that we are lacking in 2019 this is the movie that we've lacked for a while just having some fun at the movies and this movie did it and i hope we see more of these in in the in 2020 or throughout the 2020s okay uh i'm gonna say my number three and i'm pretty sure i can guess you Two and one. Yeah, of course, because you're two and one. <laughs> I know. So do you want to just uh, let me say my three, then we'll just say our two and ones together and just say what we have sure. to say? Okay, so my number three is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Um, Really, really enjoyed that movie. Uh, like you said, my my problem with movies is there's not enough positivity, showing people positive role models and how just to be a what it is to be a good human we don't see that enough we always see these relatable villains now all the villains are too relatable if you ask me it's kind of scary you know <laughs> right so it's, it's nice to see there's no real villain in in uh in i guess that you can say the villain is yourself your inner demon right yeah your inner demons yeah right so uh but other than that like i just love the message it spreads so um that that'd be my my number three What's your number? What's our number two? Spider-Man: Far From Home. We didn't plan this together, by the way. I mean, uh, you know, I th- your number two, is Spider-Man: Far From Home. Oh crap! My number two is X-Men: Dark Phoenix. <laughs> oh, that's awkward. It is. All right. Okay, maybe you should say what you have to say. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It's Far From Home too. I mean, you have an impo- This movie had the impossible job of following the movie that made more money than any other movie in the history of film. And let me tell you something. This is the proof. You want to know that Marvel can do no wrong? This is the proof on how good Marvel is. It turned a movie that had to follow every superhero in the MCU, pretty much. And one character had to follow it up, and they still made a billion dollars. Well, yeah, well, it's the best character that Marvel has to offer. Maybe. That's a, that's debatable, but again, debatable. What's, what's not to love? In, well, well, listen, episode thirty-two, our last episode of, of season one. What's not to like? It is the plot was great, action sequences were great, the themes were great. Living up to a legend, literally living up to the hero of the world. Yes, literally universe. 
The universe. Yes, you're right. It had great humor. And let's not underestimate the greatness of Jake Gyllenhaal and Mysterio. That was a very great role that's not really talked about, but he no. did a great job. It's true. <laughs> he's a great job of Mysterio. Like at first, like oh man, like he's really selling. Like I want to help. I'm a hero. And then just that turn, it was great. In some ways, to me, this is the most impressive MCU movie. And a lot of the reasons is because of what it had to follow. Yeah. Anything you want to add to this? Uh, Spider-Man's the best hero, you know. Obviously, Mike thought it would be a tough task, but this is Spider-Man. He's been facing tough tasks his whole life. How did the Amazing Spider-Man 2 treat you? Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, that's that's the main difference. Uh, we, we don't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It this. All right, the number one movie. And the... Sony was in, was in charge of that. This is MCU Spider-Man. Exactly. Okay. The real Spider-Man. Yeah. Welcome so to the shut MCU. Shut up. In 2020, welcome to the MCU X-Men. We look forward to seeing you. <laughs> They're not. We won't see them for a while. No. Probably like five years. No, I don't think so. I think two or three tops. Two or three maybe tops. Four. No. Uh, you know what? Maybe Fantastic right. Four is going in before Yeah, Spider-Man. you might be right. All right, anyways. Number one, duh, it's the Avengers Endgame. Listen, it's not the best MCU movie. Yes, it is. It's not the best. It's not even. It's not even the best Avengers movie. Yes, it is. But at the end of the day, you want to talk? You go. You say your things first. <laughs> no, I'm just saying yes, it is. You go ahead. Go. You. Go it's ahead. not. It's not. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. It's not the best movie in the MCU. It's not the best Avengers movie. It's not even close. But it might be the most cinematic movie in the MCU. We're talking a movie that had an impossible task of having, what, 14 to 20 heroes and finding time to give them all screen time to make an epic film. They put layers of all the other MCU movies in it, which I didn't think was possible. I, I did not expect that. Neither did I. And, you know, we might talk about the most epic movie scene in history, the portal scene, where where on your left and they all walk in. And every oh, time I left. hear that music, I can listen to that music over and over again. It is so, so impressive. It was such an impressive movie. It impressed me so much. Yeah. I still haven't really processed the film. I haven't. It's so good. And again, you can listen to episode 23 on the podcast. We both gave it 10 out of 10s, and we talked about how amazing it was. Yeah, we just, it was a regular old uh, Disney jerk. Any, any Disney yeah. rub and tug. That was great. You, talk, you want to explain why it's your number one movie? It's my number one movie because think about it. This could be possibly be the greatest movie of all time. I don't know what he's talking about. This is the greatest MCU movie. This is the greatest Mar- This is the greatest Avengers movie. You want to know why? Because it bit no. Spider-Man's in Infinity War. That's true. Uh, in the role too. Yeah, the, pretty much. Look at what it's done. Like this is pays homage to everything the MCU has accomplished. This is a ten-year saga. No matter what happens to the MCU after this. We're always going to have this, no matter what happens. Well, who knows? So, well, we don't want what happened to Star Wars to happen to MCU. 
but I doubt that's going to happen anytime soon. And if that happens, hopefully I'll be dead before then. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, just think about this year. Like, just I never, never in my life would I think me being a comic book fan would I live to see just an adaptation of the Infinity War done so well. I know this doesn't follow a hundred percent to the comics because well, licensing issues and everything like that. But it doesn't. This is the uh, movies and comic. Not everything that translates on a comic book can go towards a movie i.e. Watchmen Cat that's not a comic book but not everything can translate well to a freaking movie right so for what we got I'm happy I seen Thanos do the freaking snap on the big screen I never thought I'd see that in my entire life that's Infinity War though that's why it's no he did the snap but it didn't work that's true idiot (laughs) I was joking (laughs) but yeah I never thought I'd see just Thanos just manhandling the three big, big uh, MC the, the big three of the MCU, MCU you know, Captain Thor, America, Cap, and Hulk. Captain America holding me on her. What a moment. That's, that's a huge comic book moment, and we've seen that on the big screen. There's so many iconic moments in Endgame. Just Avengers wow. Assemble. And just to think that that could have been an Age of Ultron, and... We didn't said no. I don't want to put it in there, and it worked so much better because now we have to hear Avengers assemble. It's just and then, and then the the Thanos is doing the yeah. He sends go, everybody in, and then you see Ant Man, Giant Man doing a giant punch of freaking. It's just never thought I would see that. Everyone complains that the battle is like wasn't very eventful. Come on, it's a movie. We all know we're gonna win. Technically, if you really bring it down to that thing. When is the main character really going to lose or anything like that, True. right? So it get out of here with your negativity. <laughs> Unless there's a big cliffhanger at then. But, yeah. yes, that's that's my number one. That's, it, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, last year I think my top six of my top ten were ten out of tens. This year only two – my top two were ten out of ten. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a shame. Shows you how bad of a year of movie it was. But the top – but Marvel once again thankfully did not disappoint this year. And hopefully 2020 will continue Marvel's dominance in film. Yeah! And on TV now. Well, we don't know if they're dominant on TV. They've been kind of eh. Yeah, but now, but, they, but now the, we'll go, they will relate. So we'll see. Streaming. streaming we will see. Services. We will see with Disney+. Plus. All right. Is that Nasty it for the week? Nasty taste in my mouth. Uh, yes, so next pretty, week... Pretty good first episode of 2020. Yeah, uh, well, I didn't get to tell everyone what we're doing next week. I was just saying, pretty good episode Thanks of for interrupting me. All right. Tell yeah, us what we're, doing, what we're doing next week. But it week. was a good episode of the next of uh, 2020. Um, why don't you tell us, since you know since you know everything, since you know everything, don't you? Or do you think I should tell it? Go ahead. Since you're, I'm hey, the you one started, hosting, you're ending. Since I'm the one hosting, you think I should be the one to tell I you agree. and not interrupt me? Okay, perfect. I didn't actually interrupt you. I, that was, it you might did. <laughs> All right. So next week, we're going to be focusing on The Grudge, 1977, 1917. And this is why the, the oh, Why are you interrupting me? Because <laughs> Try Stop again. Take two. Me. Take two. No, not take two. Take two. We're doing 1917 next week. Next week. We're doing the Grudge, and we're looking at the bottom ten of the decade. And Spooch, you can go hump a tree. Our our bottom ten films of the decade. What we hated the most. 
the bottom ten of the decade. What? What? what this is a film podcast. What is it going to be? The bottom ten Actors? soups of the podcast of the of the decade. They know what we talk about here. We all talk movies. All right. All right. You guys have a wonderful week. And a happy 2020 to you all. Happy 2020. God bless.